Good morning. Uh, we're gonna, the, the springboard text we're going to use this morning is in Luke chapter 22, so I'd encourage you to turn there. But before we read that, uh, we have these uh, shoe boxes. We're calling them up here. This is for Operation Christmas Child, and you've been participating in this. And this is the Sunday uh, where everyone was supposed to bring them in because uh, here's what's going to happen. This, this week, uh, they're going to come with a truck, and we're going to put these on there. They're going to go to a warehouse someplace where they're going to be joining a lot of others, and it begins a part of a distribution prod process from uh, Samaritan's Purse where all over the world they're going to be sending these boxes from us and churches like ours uh, all over the country. Uh, and they're going to go into the, into the possession of some church someplace, which is going to have then a Christmas celebration, and they're going to give these to kids. So it becomes an outreach for the local church. We're actually helping them reach the kids in their community. So I think this is a, a really good thing. So in each of these boxes are the gifts, and uh, I just thought since we're doing this for the Lord's work, we ought to pray before we send them off. Okay, so I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Would you all stretch your hand out toward these boxes with me as we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be givers, uh, not just around the Christmas tree with our family, but also we can be givers uh, in partnering with churches and pastors all over the world. So we pray, Father, that, that as the children open these gifts uh, in that church somewhere in Africa or Asia or South America, someplace as these kids open these gifts, Father, there's, it's going to be a heartwarming experience, and it's going to be something that bonds them with that local church so that they can grow in their discipleship in the years ahead. So, Father, we pray that you would uh, just let this, these gifts go with an anointing that touches the hearts of boys and girls and makes it possible for them to be receptive for the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for your, your effort and being a part of that. I just want to read one verse this morning in, in the kind of a springboard for what we're going to talk about. It's in verse 20. It's chapter 22, verse 20. Jesus said, In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. We have a new covenant in His blood poured out for you. I want us to see the personalization here. Poured out for you. He makes it personal. And so I want to talk today about the blood of Jesus. Not particularly a topic we would think we would want to talk about. I mean, this is the 21st century. Who wants to talk about blood? If you were to, to move to another country, you would have to change your culture. You would have to learn the language. You would have to understand the, the currency that they have. Uh, you would have to change your culture to be like them if you're going to live and adjust in another culture someplace, another country. We don't like to think about blood, but listen... This is the, a key ingredient in God's country. If you want to come into the country of God, you need to understand that God values blood. He created life. It didn't just evolve. He created this life. And the life inside of us 
is in the blood. Take the blood out, that life cannot sustain itself. Blood is, is, our heart pumps blood through our body, and that's what gives us life. I want to talk about the value in God's economy of the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. Because if we don't understand this, we will miss the power that's in the covenant that we have. So I want to share seven things, which means i got to move pretty quick. I want to share seven things about the, uh, the, the blood of Jesus and how it relates to us. If we've accepted Christ as our Savior, here's where the power comes from. Number one, it purifies us from all sin. We need to grab a hold of this, church. The blood of Jesus, once, when he died on the cross and he shed his blood as the Son of God, not just as a man, but as the Son of God, he purifies us from all sin. All sin. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. I believe the word all here means all kinds. Think about that. Have you ever sinned? You know what sin is? That's offending God. Sin is doing things that offend God. He's warned us. He's told us what not to do. We went ahead and did it anyway. I mean, we all have to learn the hard way, right? Right? Come on, be honest. We've all learned the hard way. I don't want to learn the hard way anymore. Sin is an offense to God which creates a barrier between me and Him. We came to church this morning because we wanted to connect with God, right? Amen. But sin is the, it creates a barrier between us and Him. All kinds of sin. That includes sexual sin that maybe happened way back when you were a child. Wasn't, it hurt you deeply. It, it's a scar in your soul. But God forgives all that. How about sins of omission? You know, God tells us to do certain things. You don't do it. That's a sin, just like doing the thing he told you not to do. It's a sin. How about sins of ignorance? Things you did when you didn't know it was a sin when you didn't know it was wrong. All of this, it's, it's like a, a whiteboard that gets erased clean. It's a fresh start. Start over again. It purifies us from all sin. Yes. This is good news for people like me and people like you. Here's the second thing. It redeems us from sin and sickness. Oh, we need to grab a hold of this one. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5. Think about what it's saying here. <clears throat> Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. <clears throat> he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. This is a promise we can claim. 
It's by his stripes. When he went to the cross, when he shed his blood, he provided healing for us. That's a part of the covenant. If you're in the covenant, let's get all the way in the covenant. Let's grab a hold of the promises, the benefits he gives us. Sickness is a result of sin. We live on a fallen planet. Sick Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden never got sick. It was after they sinned, sickness came into the world. And sickness leads to death. It's not a part of God's original plan. It's the world we live in. His stripes were the penalty for our sin, which brings about sickness. Think this through. Think this through from God's perspective. What God wants us to do is seek him out and discover the secrets of healing for our own life. For our own life. I'll give you this this, uh, quick story. Uh, Years ago, I had hypertension, high blood pressure, real high. Like they were concerned I was going to have a stroke. I don't want to have a stroke. But I, I, can't, I can't deal with the blood pressure. So they started giving me this, blood, this hypertension medicine, blood pressure medicine. Well, that was terrible because it created all kinds of side effects. And I would complain to the doctor and he would tweak it and he'd try some new medicine. Well, you've got to wait a month or so or more to find out how that works. And one of the side effects for me of the hypertension medicine was insomnia. You know what that is? I'd go to bed and I'd go to sleep like 10 o'clock and I'd wake up at 1 o'clock and that was it, my night of sleep. I couldn't get back to sleep. And I'd get to work the next morning, I was dragging. I couldn't think straight, my mind was foggy. And so the doctor was trying to tweak this and tweak that and finally they got it where I was feeling okay with the hypertension medicine. But he had to put me on this other pill was an ambient, it's a psychotic, to put my mind to sleep so that I could sleep. It's also highly addictive. So I was on this thing for some years. And finally the doctor says, they're recommending anybody your age get off of that ambient. And I thought, okay, how do I do that? And he gave me some, some tips. And Michelle, uh, who's a nurse at my doctor, gave me some tips on how to do that. And I did it. And I got off of that. But I still had some trouble with this sleeplessness. I couldn't sleep at night because I wasn't taking what helped me sleep. And some strange thing happened in that when I called up my pharmacy to order this one medicine he was giving me uh, for the, the hypertension, they were out of it. That I had to w- So I thought, okay, I can do without it for a week. And then... The next week, we forgot to pick it up. And it was two weeks I wasn't on this medicine. And when I finally picked it up, I got to thinking, okay, has there been a difference? How do I feel different? And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. For these last two weeks, I've been sleeping really good. I've got afternoon naps. I've never had an afternoon nap in years. And I'm getting an afternoon nap. And all of a sudden, I realized, ah, it's that medicine. And I, I, I went online and I checked out, what does this medicine do? What are the side effects? And it, it's not supposed to keep you awake. See, it's working opposite for me. It was keeping me awake. It doesn't do that for anybody else. What I'm, what I'm saying is, there was a freak accident that they didn't have it, 
And then I forgot to pick it up, and two weeks went by, and I, I finally realized what the problem was for me. I believe for the, the health issues that we have, if we'll seek Him about it, if we'll trust Him, He'll let some freak accident happen, and you will read something or hear something or discover something, and you will know what you need to change so your health can improve. By His stripes, we are healed. Matthew eight seventeen says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. This is, a, this is a benefit of his shed blood as a Christian you have that people that are outside the faith don't have that. Here's the third thing, because they've got to keep moving. It brings us near into God's presence. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, here's the dilemma. God is holy, and he can't understand sin and why we would want to do such a thing. He can't understand it because he's just holy. That's the way he is. We are sinners and we're caught up in our flesh. We're caught up in this world and we're trying to, 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 to perceive, get, we're trying to get some kind of thrill, some, some kind of comfort in this world. And Jesus is the bridge between the two. You see this? Jesus is the bridge between the two. How can somebody like me live a holy life? It takes Jesus. I can't do this on my own. It takes him. Somebody say amen. amen. So he, it opens a door for me to have a connection with God Almighty. Yes. That I can step into his presence. Even though I'm a sinner and God can't stand sin, he lets me step into his presence because my sin has been paid for because Jesus shed his blood. You see, this is a part of the covenant. It's, it's not something necessarily we do. It's an attitude. It's how we think. It's being transformed by the renewing of our mind, yes. thinking like God thinks. Okay, here's number four. The blood of Jesus equips us to do God's will. Yes. Makes it possible for me. L listen to Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything for everything good, for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory be glory forever and ever. Amen. He equips us, he gives us the tools we need. There's nothing worse than than me trying to work on a project, fix something for Anita around the house, and I don't have the tool I need. I need my tools. Yes. It's the same thing for the ladies in the kitchen trying to fix dinner for me. You got to have tools to do the job. We all have to have tools. Yes. He gives us the tools to do this thing of being an overcomer in a suppressing world. Good word. So, some tools he provides yes. spiritual gifts, they're tools. This is how we can overcome. This is how we can serve him. This is how we can be a part of the body of Christ. Here's another one. 
the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. It's like a key for a lock. You can put that key in. You can release that lock and you can release yourself from the bondage of some offense somebody did to you years ago. You can actually free yourself from that. And all you have to do is say, God, I forgive them. I give that to you. Will you take care of this problem? You take care of them, God. I'm going to quit trying to take care of them. And free our mind from that. It frees me up. It's a, it's a, it's a tool. Oh, here's another one. The Holy Spirit. What a tool he's given us. The presence of God, the mind of Christ, the way he thinks, the way God thinks inside of me to affect the way I think. So when people hurt me, when bad situations come up, when I don't know how, well, how to deal with, with politics or I, I don't know what I should do with this COVID thing, when we have things like this come up, the Holy Spirit just gives us peace and prompts us on what we should do. Thank God for His Spirit. He equips us to do God's will. Here's number five. The blood of Jesus overcomes Satan's stronghold. Satan wants to put a stronghold in our life. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says, And they overcame him, that Satan, they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Two things set people, set people free. Two things deliver us. Number one, the blood of Jesus. That's something we don't, have, we don't have anything to do with except to accept it. And the second thing is the word of our testimony. Your testimony is your story. We need to speak our story out. We need to tell somebody what God's done for us. I'll guarantee you, well, I guess I, I can't guarantee, but I'm pretty sure that for any, any problem you've had that God has delivered you from, there's somebody else in our church that has the same problem they've not been delivered from yet. And you sharing your story gives them hope. It gives them confidence. It helps them see God does resolve these kind of things. Even if they've been a problem in my life, for 50 years, God can still set it free. I just haven't put the key in and turned it yet. Once I do it, life, did you know the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue? What are you saying? How are you communicating? How do you say it? It reveals something on the inside and where your faith is. Don't say, I'm scared to death. What did you just declare? Don't say that. Be careful how you talk. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Get it under control, church. Here's number six. The blood of Jesus delivers us from the destroyer. You know the story from Exodus chapter 12. <clears throat> then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. 
take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Listen, there's a destroyer that's coming through the land. There's a destroyer. God is not happy with sin. God's always angry with sin. The wrath of God is always an ex His expression towards sin. But He says, if we will take the blood and put it on the top and the two side posts of our house, when He comes by, the destroyer will not come to that house. I'm claiming the blood of Jesus on my house, on my household and everything in it. I'm claiming the blood of Jesus on your household. So when the destroyer comes through the land, and periodically he does, he can't touch our house. There are some kinds of destroyers that go through the land. There's a financial destroyer. Wants to destroy our finances. Wants to come through and affect the security of our jobs. Wants to steal what we've carefully saved away. He wants to do that. Wants to destroy our finances, our ability to make money, our ability to feel secure, make our families feel secure. He's a destroyer. <clears throat> I don't want him coming my, by my house. Then there's a marriage destroyer. Wants to destroy the covenant of marriage. There's nothing on this earth any, any more like the covenant between um, God and man than what we have in the marriage covenant between a man and a woman. Not easy to hang on to because the destroyer just loves to put little barbs in there, drive wedges between a husband and a wife. From a kid's perspective, if mom and dad, if, if God can't help mom and dad have their keep a keep a solid marriage, then God can't help anything. You see, to them, that's their world. This marriage thing is important to us, church. We've got to work on it. There's a destroyer who wants to destroy relationships. Then there's the confidence destroyer. Oh, he loves to destroy our confidence. If he, can get us, if he can get us to feel like we've failed, or get us to feel like we've done something God can never forgive us of, he can take our confidence away. If he's taking our confidence away, we won't try anymore. We, people can't be overcomers if we don't try. Well, I have to keep believing God is going to help me be an overcomer. Yes. He delivers us from the destroyer. There's a destroyer working from every angle trying to destroy me, trying to destroy my finances, trying to destroy my marriage, trying to destroy my confidence. I'm not going to let him win. 
And the reason I'm not going to let him win is because I understand the blood of Jesus thing. And I want to speak to some of, some of us here. I, I, I kind of feel in my spirit that there's, there's probably more than one, but there's somebody here that you've, you've had something happen to you many years ago, and it's wounded your soul. It's like a barb that's hooked into you, and you can't get rid of it. And it's taken your confidence away. And God wants to restore that. Wants to take the barb out. I guess I just want to say to those of you that are sitting home this morning, that could be you. Maybe you're listening to me. What the Holy Spirit is saying to you, by coincidence, because you didn't know I was going to say it. I didn't know I was going to say it. I'm saying to you, if you've got this barb in you, let Jesus take it out. Yes. It's the blood of yes. Jesus that's going to purify you. Amen. Listen to what the Spirit's saying to you today. Yes. Okay, here's, uh, here's number seven. The blood of Jesus reconciles all things to God. I'm getting this from Colossians 1.20. And through Him, that's Christ, through Him to reconcile to Himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He makes peace. When Jesus went to the cross, and it becomes real when you accept Jesus as your Savior and your sins on, on the cross with Christ, there's a, we, we enter into this covenant relationship. He builds a bridge for us. He reconciles. Reconciles means to bring back together again. Like when two people are at odds with each other and they can make peace with one another. That's reconciliation. When people are at odds with God and there's a peace that's brought back together, that's reconciliation. Did you know the Bible says that you and I have a ministry of reconciliation? This is what we do. We bring things back together. And the reason we can be a part of bringing things back together again is because we are under the blood of Christ. Yes. When we're under the blood of Christ, we get involved in people's lives and help them get under the blood. Yes. We help them bring things back together yes. again. There's not a one of us in this room that doesn't have some broken thing in our life. Maybe there's somebody here that's got a broken finger Pastor Todd came up here in that boot, I would imagine, because there's something broken. They're trying to heal that. Jesus wants to heal things that are broken. Yes. Yeah. And you probably have something broken that needs repaired. Come on. He is the great physician. Yes, he is. Why did they call him the great physician? Because he's always healing things that are broken. Broken hearts, broken dreams, broken bodies. He's always in the process of healing. He's a good God. And if you have something in your life that's broken and needs repaired, Jesus is in the house. The great physician is in the house. He wants to repair what's broken in your life. You got to get it under the blood of Jesus. It's an attitude thing. It's an attitude thing. You know Jesus died for you. You've accepted what he did for you. 
Now let his blood that he shed for you cleanse you. Let him empower you. Let him make you new again. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing one last song. And if the Holy, if you have something you recognize is still broken and you want to put it under the blood, I'm going to ask you to walk down to this altar and just stand here while we're singing that song. Sing it to the Lord here. I believe God is going to do something to renew you. Those of you that are watching from home, there's a box there where you, you can check where you want to put this problem under the blood. Just let God do that in your life. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. It's personal. Let him complete the work he's begun.